0: Your hosts, Brian Fry, Chad Robinson, Dustin Melbardis, Nathan Lutz, and Russell Guest, coming now to headphones in your ears. Welcome, all you lords, ladies, and knights, to the Retro Movie Roundtable. Welcome to the show where we watch movies and then talk about them. Joining me today is my good friend and co host, Mr. Dustin Melbardis from Deep in the Heart of Texas. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing wonderful. I am so happy to be addressing our movie tonight.
0: Yes, and winter is coming from up north and right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. With me, uh, Dustin, you've got the warm spot. We're holding down the cold of this zone. Chad Robinson, how you doing, sir?
2: I am unprepared for a Game of Thrones quote with that "Winter is coming." I don't know what to do with that. But hi, everybody.
0: It's it's cold. It's cold. And, uh, the North yeah, remembers. Yeah, I you know yeah I I like to know that you know when somebody's listening to this and. 2024 and it's july outside uh they sit there and go they were cold when they recorded this but dustin wasn't so it's
1: it's you know what's wild you remember (laughs) you remember (laughs) when game of thrones was the biggest thing in the world there's so much content now and we're only a few years removed that i really don't even think about that show that much anymore
0: there's you're right things just keep coming but that's why we need this rule like this like it's almost like this filter, that, you know. If it holds up after ten years, and it's worth talking about, then, then if only there was a show that you know applied some kind of rule like that. So only the you're real welcome, stuff audience. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, fighting movies, fighting movies are not just for guys. Name your favorite female fight scene in a movie, Dustin.
1: Ooh, uh, I guess right off the top of the head, this would have to be um, the Bride against uh o ran ishii at the end of kill bill volume one um but that's really the first that comes to mind by the time you two answer i bet some more can pop into my head
0: i like i like that was a good pick though i mean i'm not a huge fan of like the kill bill movies or quentin tarantino as chad and i reluctantly say too often on this show um but uh i like your pick though for that for that uh, superlative chad what about you
2: I think I'm going to go Sonya Blade and Kano in the original Mortal Kombat.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah. And uh I uh I'm going to go with Charlize Theron in Atomic Blonde. Mm. Um it, like sh- the 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 particularly the scene involves a balcony and swinging down from it. Uh there's a moment of this in the previous, but there's so much more to it than that. Um Charlize is tough in this one. I like it. And somewhere I know Brian Fry shaking his head, nodding. Yes. <sighs> so um, uh,
1: somewhere out there brian fry is saying his answer would be uh all of the fight sequences in sucker punch oh i
2: like <laughs> sucker
0: punch
1: uh, <laughs> i ranked it my worst movie of, of that wow. year i'm, I'm oh, closer i'm closer
0: to, to dustin than you and brian wow. chad
1: but i mean wow yeah. Another, another uh, like honorable mention, but it's the exact opposite. The entire movie they made a Dead or Alive movie based on the Dead or Alive fighting game franchise. Uh, it focused a lot on the female characters, and that movie is garbo. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's another. It's an honorable mention, or I guess maybe a dishonorable mention.
0: I, I you know, this is just maybe recency bias, but uh, the World War II Wonder Woman scene also pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: uh, that's that's not so much a... F- fight scene, is it? Is more just an action scene? Like, now we're, now we're stretching it.
0: I don't know. She takes on an entire battlefield, man. I, what, I don't know. What is the last movie you saw?
1: The most recent movie I saw was uh, the original Drunken Master today, as I was prepping to uh, get into this podcast. Uh, but I also watched from 1993 one of the greatest sports movies, I believe, of all time. The Program. Hmm. Uh, football movie. Uh, well known for having like a lot of actual like collegiate names like they're not all fake collegiate names like southwestern state university like they have university of michigan they have iowa in there like they have all these actual teams it's pretty neat and uh incredible movie movie starring uh, james conn
0: when you said made up names i thought you meant the players like you know the key and peel like Hingle McRingleberry and stuff like <laughs> that started coming yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. Ch- oh. <laughs> Chad, what about you? What's the last movie you saw?
2: I watched a 2022 slasher film called Student Body. It has Kevin Smith's daughter in it, and it was eh, it
0: was fine. Does she speak? Is she Silent Jane?
2: No, she has she has a lot of lines. Yeah, she's a main character.
0: Uh, lost the opportunity. <laughs>
1: I I did like that.
0: Uh what is the last movie I saw? I saw No Time to Die. Um I watched it again. Ooh. I had a, I had a uh it's jolting the first time you watch it mm-hmm. as a Bond fan. So I I wanted to go back and take it in without the shock uh factor and I'm not going to say too much about it at this point, but um uh, it goes down better the second time once you know what you're in for. Um but I've texted Chad this in the past and said, "You know It just doesn't quite feel like a Bond movie." No. Um, it's not as much, so Um, it's a fine movie, but I just don't, I don't get, when I, when I need that to quench my thirst for Bond, which is frequent and I can be quite thirsty, I'm not sure this one's going to do it for me as much as other ones. So that's my, that's my stance on that one. It is
2: not fun. If you want a fun Bond
0: movie, that's not the
2: one for you.
0: But if you want a fun movie, we do have a good movie for you. Dustin, what movie are we going to be covering today?
1: The Legend of Drunken Master.
0: The Legend of Drunken Master was made in 1994. And it releases in North America in 2000. So I'm going to just call it a 94 movie. So it comes to America. Uh, It grosses, you know, $11.5 million. It places it 129th in the box office that year. It it comes in behind The Gift and above Cyberworld. The number one movie in 2000 was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So this didn't smash the U.S. box office. However, it does have a cult following. IMDb gives us a 7.6 rating. And the critics of Rotten Tomatoes give it an 84%. And the audience likes it as well at 88%. And it is a Hong Kong Film Award winner for Best Action Choreography, which I feel like is something our Oscars desperately need to add to their, um, you know, they need they need to recognize those action movies and those comedy movies and, you know, all those things. Agreed. Yeah. They need to broaden themselves to honor all of that stuff. And then the other one that they won is the Hong Kong Film Awards nominee was the uh, Best Film Editing and the Golden Horse Awards best action choreography. So as we go into this, Dustin, you're our Kung Fu guy. You're a martial arts guy. Tell us, had you seen this movie?
1: I am totally a martial arts and Kung Fu guy when I'm watching it on screen. Russell, you may remember uh, eras and eras ago when we were in college together, I actually took a college karate class. Uh, At the University of Tennessee, everybody needs to take a physical education course, and I took a uh, karate class, but that's about the extent of my martial arts training. That being said, it is one of my favorite things to watch on film, and uh, this has been a favorite of mine since I've seen it. I believe I first got like watched this movie in middle school uh it's funny you mentioned the bond movie uh what what I used to do was I used to ride my bike to the blockbuster video near the Wind dixie and I would uh, take my some of my week's allowance and I would rent a movie <clears throat> and for a while I was on a kick where I would rent every single bond in a row And then after that was over, I just sort of went to, I don't think there was like a kung fu section, but I started looking for any of the kung fu movies I could find just to get more of it. So this is maybe my favorite thing, and um, this has been one of my favorites for a very long time.
0: Wow. Okay. So now, Chad, you're not Kung Fu guy. Um, What? What? Oh, you are Kung Fu guy now. I
2: mean, I'm not Dustin, apparently.
0: No, you're not. No, you're not. No, no, you're not. You're, you're, I am also not
1: Chad. At least not this episode.
0: You're, you're a horror guy. That's your thing. Sorry, I, I don't know. Why
2: do I? I just get pigeonholed into one box. This is unfair.
0: How many boxes like, do you want to have? Uh, I mean, many greedy, boxes. Greed, <laughs> greedy. <laughs> yes. I, I was in okay. a play called Boxes.
2: Jeez, so. Okay.
0: <laughs> Chad, you may not be as enthusiastic about kung fu as a martial arts movie. Is this one a new one for you?
2: This is. I have. I have not seen this. I actually, it spurred me on to go see a bunch of other Jackie Chan Hong Kong films. I actually, I tried to watch Supercop. The problem with that was the dub was so, so bad that I'm having a difficult time finding original voice dubs. It's very distracting growing up with Rush Hour. I know what Jackie Chan sounds like. So (laughs) having a completely different American businessman voice Jackie Chan is off putting. I I did I gave up on my quest of Supercop I got about halfway through and I oh. I watched a Bruce Lee movie. Uh,
0: oh, you you've been you've been on a little miniature kick here. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um no pun intended. Uh, I like jackie chan and i've seen a number of his movies and this one i hadn't gotten to it and it had been on my list i knew if you like jackie chan this is one you should see so i'm really glad that this one came on my plate and i got to watch it now so this is my first time going through it so i had a, I had a lot of fun with this one and it just reminded me took me back in the peak jackie chan of you know how fun he is he he's skilled like bruce lee but he adds this comedy to it that i really enjoy so
1: um I had a great time with it you know russell you said is like he it's from the get go with his career, having comedy as part of his filmmaking like desires. It, it It's just been hand in hand with uh, the incredible, you know, fight choreography and his uh, devotion to his craft. It, it does not feel like it's tacked on. It's just what we know about Jackie Chan is you're going to get comedy and fighting. You're going to get those things.
0: Yeah, Exactly all right so this is your final warning there will be spoilers that lie ahead so if you have not seen drunken master or the legend of drunken master go see it and come back and enjoy it after this we'll be back after these messages welcome to the flashback flicks retro movie podcast i'm ricky i'm grayson and every week we review a movie from the past and reflect on things we missed things we loved and things we want to see again Yeah, because we believe any movie
2: worth watching is worth watching again. So if you like films, friendship, and a
0: lot of callbacks, I mean, just so many callbacks, then subscribe on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever RSS feeds go for like-minded, movie-loving individuals like you. What
2: happens when two modern film fans go back and re-watch all the old classic films from yesteryear to see if they hold up? You get the Classic Film Jerks podcast.
0: Find the Classic Film Jerks podcast on all the major platforms. Now this is your final warning. There will be spoilers that lie ahead. And for those who haven't seen The Legend of Drunken Master since 1994, or if you're in the United States, 2000, Dustin, can you tell people what happened?
1: Our story starts, as many often do, with a naive boy trying to lie, cheat, or trick the system. Or evade taxes, in this case. Wang Fei-Hung is the son of Wang Ying, one of the famous Ten Tigers of Canton, and a respected physician. Returning from a trip to collect ingredients, Fei-Hung attempts to dodge paying a tax by sneaking some ginseng into a diplomat's luggage. Inside that very luggage is an ancient artifact being smuggled out of the country, leading to a friendly kung fu encounter with Fu Chi, the province's most decorated hero. They mix up their packages, leading to the British ambassador responsible for smuggling the artifacts out to pursue Fei Hung in his home. To defeat them, he unleashes his forbidden drunken techniques at the urge of his stepmother his father finds out and disowns him for breaking his rules and bringing dishonor to the family name. Fei Hung finds new purpose at the urging of Fu Shi to preserve the country's heritage and then foils the foreign smuggling ring through defeating the strongest bodyguards and henchmen of the British ambassador before being recognized as a national hero and restoring honor to his family's name.
0: All right. Now, Dragon Master 2... Uh, which I guess is what this is also known as, or The Legend of Drunken Master, was a success in Hong Kong. It grossed an all-time record of $40.9 million there, which is a lot of money. And during its theatrical run there, its success was kind of surprising. We're not in an era of kung fu films or martial arts films really happening right now. The 90s is not really a hotbed for this. And so uh, this is also 16 years after... The original Drunken Master, as Dustin had mentioned earlier, there's a lot of things that are unexpected about the success of this. Dustin, what do you think made this work?
1: That's a good question. Uh, this is maybe the first really good-looking Jackie Chan movie I had seen um, in terms of brightness. Uh, most of like the older stuff, like we don't have any grainy uh, video. I think it's uh, it's exciting. I think there is, especially if you're going to discuss its popularity in China, it is a, uh, not a retelling, but Wong Fei-Hung was a real guy, and there are many different versions of how Wong Fei-Hung is sort of um, portrayed in uh, cinema. Uh, Jet Li also did that with, uh, I think it was Once Upon a Time in China. I might be wrong with that name, but um, like Wong Fei-Hung is like, if you're going to mix sort of history And then excitement, we talked about how this is both comedy and fighting. It put all these things together in a a really well-developed package. And so while I may not be able to talk about the the zeitgeist of the time as to why it was successful. Sometimes that might just be because the movie was destined to be successful because of how good it was. And if it's breaking these records, that might be just the answers. Oh, this was just really good. And it kind of earned all its accolades. It wasn't riding some type of wave.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, Chad, Jackie Chan is obviously the centerpiece of this one. Everything's running through him on this one, including he takes over as the director at the end. In fact, but, um, We've we've studied Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon last year, one of our best downloading episodes ever. Dustin's on that one, and then we've also covered uh, Hero, which you guys were both on with Jet Li. What makes Jackie Chan different than, say, a major martial arts vehicle leader like Bruce Lee or Jet Li? It's other than his name's not Lee. It's the comedy.
2: That's we've touched on it already, but. Jackie Chan is not afraid to mug it up for the camera. He's not afraid to get in those winks and nods. I, this movie starts out with pushing his friend twice and talking about, <laughs> hey, we, we can save even more money if you keep falling. He's like, oh, so clumsy, so clumsy. So yeah, he's got a ton of gags here. We get a almost Abbott and Costello type scene with Him switching the boxes around and moving, Mm -hmm. you get, what's in that box? No, that one. I mean that one. And he keeps flashing the same box over and over. And I'm sure he's influencing, too, all the side characters we're meeting. I I didn't catch the girl's name that clearly has a crush on him and wants to learn to be a drunken boxer. She was... Fawn. Yeah. Yeah, she she is not helpful at all to preventing a fight and she's great there's they bring in all these characters that are just adding to the comedy so for me in a Jackie Chan we've touched on it yeah he he brings a different kind of fun to the scenes
0: yeah i think it's a good cocktail i think i think he has serious skill like i think he's awesome but he bends it to the choreography to use the environment perhaps a little more than those who have come before him and i'm not as adept in this but is that fair to say like i mean jackie will take a room and use the you know the the file cabinet to slam somebody's head and then he'll pick up a broom and then use the broom this way turn the broom around like pull the, the head off and use it that way and then like take the part that he pulled off the room stick it back on there and hit you with it like it's 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 kind of like parkour before parkour was ever a thing. It's not just getting from point A to point B. It's how you get from point A to point B. I'm going to beat up all of these guys, but it's how I beat you up that's going to make you smile.
1: Yeah, he is adept at fighting with furniture. And at the time, I thought, this seems like a Jackie Chan unique quality. Um, but I had seen from 1980, the movie The Young Master, and uh jackie chan's character gets soundly beaten by another kung fu practitioner who fights using only the tea room bench the same bench that we see jackie chan using in the courtyard fight against the peacocks in western suits he he is very good at that we see in this movie the sort of long bamboo rod that gets splintered and he uses it to take out the axe gang but he had been doing that forever using the tables. A crowded restaurant is a Jackie Chan uh, kung fu dream because he's going to be jumping on tables and uh, ducking underneath things. Um, I've seen this a lot. And he's not the only one that does it, but maybe he's the one that does it the best. To piggyback a little bit off of the comedy that that Chad mentioned, I had said, like, I didn't think this movie was writing any type of wave, but after its 2,000 release... I think we started to see with Rush Hour and Shanghai Nights and Shanghai Noon we started to see like American audiences want this and like this um so like it you could almost say that this movie, which really was a ninety four movie did start that kind of that wave uh so to speak, and other stars that that were you know famous in Hong Kong. You can't see Jet Li even cracking a smile, let alone making a joke. You can't see it. You can see, uh, you know, know, I'm thinking of um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Chow Yun Fat is kind of a little more serious. Michelle Yao, who we loved in Sunshine, like she's a little more serious. Uh, Ziyi Zhang. So Mm -hmm. the the people that are like kind of introduced to us, as far as coming over from Chinese cinema, none of them have the comedic expertise as what chad was alluding to and i don't know if it can i can't think of any other name that does it quite as well as as he does like really i'm kind of drawing a blank here
0: i would go so far to say is i would enjoy jackie chan in certain roles without any martial arts now that's a bold claim because it's like Mm. something he's so good at but what i'm actually complimenting is that he's got a charm He's got just this very affable personality that you're going to like him. There's something that you're just I think there is a magnetic quality that makes you like him. And uh, and he is funny and he's funny also in dialogue, which we definitely saw in Rush Hour. He definitely plays up the fish out of water aspect really well. And um, I definitely think that his what he brings to the table beyond his fighting is actually one of the things that I like so much about Jackie Chan. So that's that's what I meant. Like this, this stuff's fun. And somehow the fight scenes are also not as brutal. Like, he's plowing people down. I mean, we also saw, like, again, let's compare that to, say, Hero. Like, we saw him mowing people down. Or Enter the Dragon. Bruce Lee's mowing people down. It seems painful in a way, but whereas somehow they're getting hurt, they're getting laid out on the floor, but there's something so much like uh, putting his thumb on his nose and wiggling his fingers, like, well, wise guy, eh? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm just getting started. And I think it has to do with the fact that he, like... The drunk boxing component of this, you know, I mean, it's like Popeye getting his spinach. You know, nobody would probably actually fight better when their their senses are dulled down and they, you know, everything is taken down a notch. But just the concept of that in itself is a funny idea. And so they're throwing him tons of alcohol, and he's drinking it while throwing bottles at people, and uh, just the very premise of that's funny. And uh, also the I can't do it, and you know, his stepmom is making him do it and uh it it's pretty funny.
1: Chad, I wanna I wanna talk to you he just mentioned the stepmom. We were texting a couple days ago. I think I was referencing Anita Mui uh when when I said like oh her character, her dub is so different between ninety four and two thousand. Very different um English voice lines. The lines themselves and tone um but I, you said something that like made me like smile sitting there on my couch reading that text, but she was like I adored her character. Yes. Uh like like I, I loved I love that like she's is she the like funniest side character,
2: do you think? Absolutely. For me, she's the enabler, but even when we first meet her, you now this this is a culture and a time period where the women aren't really supposed to be doing anything else other than Housewives, domestic duties, and she's hosting the Mejong game, and she's faking treating all of her friends for illnesses, and her friends are faking having headaches while just cracking up laughing in her oblivious whether it's conscious or unconscious, whatever. He may just be ignoring it. Husband, it's like, hey, you're not supposed to see, be seeing patients, but she she gets fantastic lines. She she talks up with the bonsai tree you know did i forget to throw that out you know just every bit of her scheming it's it's almost like a chinese version of lucille ball for her
0: i really <laughs> yeah. wrote that down in my notes there's a there's a lucy quality to her and that's high praise yeah
1: absolutely she's great and yeah just the the com- i think the comedy is is kind of what makes this Uh, like the 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 fire starter for a new and it I don't think it lasted very long but like sort of like it was a very quick wave (laughs) a a short tide I don't know what the word for it is but um there were those those comedic kung fu movies Charlie's Angels and Full Throttle came out right around this time which to go back to your original question watching Cameron Diaz Drew Barrymore and uh, Lucy Liu do their fight scenes incredible they did a great job um so like there, there was like a little maybe four or five year window where it's like, boom, look at all this fun stuff, and then it just kind of disappeared. So like this, this movie might have been the one that kicked all that off. Yeah,
0: just piggybacking on Chad, on the the, the stepmom was so, so funny. She somehow just keeps things moving. I mean, I actually felt like the last part of this movie, goes more serious, and then the fighting does become more intense, and it's, it's impressive. But the tone, there's a tone shift in the back. it could be even the last eighth of the movie it's just the last last part of this movie and uh, they're going for action climax but um i wasn't sure i wanted to totally let go of that because i have been laughing so much and that's what's going to bring me back to this movie again later now they finish on a goofy note i'm not sure they landed the laugh quite right in the very end because he's got like alcohol poisoning and like um he's like kind of a a drunk dummy I, i don't know maybe maybe just having his stomach pumped is enough or whatever um
1: uh, Russell, I think you're mentioning something. You're alluding to something that is not a part of every cut of this film. I believe. Oh, okay. Something
0: so good I, because so I had so no you, idea what he was talking about.
1: Okay. Oh, so no, Chad, th-
0: this I've stepped into something here. Dustin, straighten us th- out here.
1: What Russell is describing is and the the dimension release of this movie in the in North America leaves this out, and I'm so glad they did. Um, if you hadn't seen this before, it, it's really only like 30 seconds or so. But um, most cuts of this movie end after he defeats uh, John, played by Ken Lowe, in the steel mill. And like then there's a very short little celebratory, oh, thank you, uh, how's your son doing? Oh, he's recovering, but he'll be better. And it just kind of ends with like a snapshot of things have worked out. But there's a cut of it with maybe an extra 30 seconds or so where they go back to the family estate and as a result of um, Hung drinking that industrial alcohol slash gasoline substance, whatever it is, uh, fictional or otherwise, he has now become, um, I'm not going to say an invalid, but he's so mentally disabled that he can't uh, see or walk correctly. His hands are crumbled up in the way that '90s and 2000s movies would have anybody with some type of mental impairment, like have their hands be constantly grasping at things. Really poor taste, I got to say. And I'm so glad that most cuts do not include what Russell was just wow. mentioning. So this is
0: clearly this is the yeah, this is the cut that I got a hold of, and I kind of thought like, oh, they brought the funny back, but I don't know if that's a good.
1: I I don't know. It's not the right kind of funny you want, especially now.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I was trying to transport myself back to 94. I'm saying, am I laughing at this in 94? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think It's South Park-esque, right? Like, I'm not even sure. I feel like South Park, I feel like South Park is also thumbing their nose at people who laugh at that as they're making jokes about that, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, you're right. South Park is operating on a different level. And in this decision at the end of this movie, Um, I'm very glad it was cut out.
0: Like they make you like Timmy and Jimmy. Like um, right. They they start with a joke that's really flat and one dimensional. Like this movie finishes, but then, then there's something more there, which I think I think Matt Stone and Trey Parker are great comedy writers, underrated. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll have their back on that one. But this one, this one, I'm sorry. I just like um, not to give too much away. But I felt like how this movie resolved was a little bit of a such a shame because I enjoyed like ninety. Five percent of this movie, and like I said, the big fight scene—I'm I'm okay with it being like this is the intense moment, you know. Like I'm okay with that, but you got to wrap it up right. And I, I think that's the one place where I, I left going like I'm gonna come back, I'm gonna enjoy this. And I actually looked to buy it, but for some reason, it's really expensive to buy. Huh. This is the second movie we've covered this year where like getting an old copy of this is like twenty six dollars or something like that for for a Blu-ray or for like DVDs are very hard to find on this one. So. Um, if you want to add this one to your collection, you really got to shell out the dollars at this point in time for it.
2: Yeah, see, usually I won't do this, although I feel like this keeps coming up with Dustin movies. I don't remember the other one that had an alternate cut, but I told Dustin, he's like, well, what does the fan say? I have, That's I right. have no idea what the fan said, and <laughs> and he gave me the two lines. I said, well, my fan said this one. It did not have that weird ending that Russell's talking about, or I would have notes about it, and I would be unhappy. So I watched it, and he's like, "Oh, you got better sound, but worse voice acting here. Go watch this. So this movie kind of has an issue right away of like there are too many possibilities out there i I did watch I'll call it the Dustin Cut with <laughs> Jackie Chan's voice actually doing the English dub. Uh, yes, is
0: that what I got? Is that what I got, Dustin?
1: I don't think so. Okay, I mean, I am not a dub. Was...
0: I am not a dub snob, though. I mean, you would Chad, Chad gets on me about that.
1: You would definitely know. Uh, here, here, I'll ask you the same question, and listeners, uh, I'm asking you too. The fan that he makes and he and that he brings with him to the last big action sequence uh, should say, if you want the best version of it, I believe, uh, should say that a boat floats on water but can also sink in it that's what the that's the fan that you want if that fan says um that water is important to life but you can also drown in it then you're getting possibly the worst theatrical cut and definitely definitely the worst voice lines um chad you hit the nail on the head i got the second one so (laughs) yeah okay i got got i got got
0: the water yeah yeah so
1: There's literally like Chad, you hit the nail on the head here. There's literally uh, like almost differences to how the movie plays out depending on how they dubbed it. Um, I I know that uh, in in one of the two, uh, it seems as if uh, Fishmonger Shang Tsung and uh, Fei Hung work together to get into the British consulate or embassy or whichever term they use. And then in the other one, they the two of them act independently and don't know that they're there, which is why they're surprised and start fighting each right. other.
0: That is funny, and I watched that like that was in my cut and it made sense in my cut, and I enjoyed that part.
1: Yeah, that that that's so um, wow, you're wow. really
0: describing some big differences. I, I don't think it's been since we covered the movie Legend that there was such a discrepancy. If you watch the director's cut, it makes a lot more sense. It's a much longer movie too. And whereas if uh you don't watch it I, I to this day Brian and Chad still go around grumbling about it, and yes. that's what happens if you watch the US, you the you
2: keep Marvel. bringing it back up, and I will keep saying, <laughs> do not watch it
0: and certainly do not watch a longer version of it i would i I do think you would owe it to yourself to see the director's cut uh, Have you
1: seen the director's cut of baby's Day out Russell <laughs> uh,
0: not yet, not yet, so there's something that's really fun and about watching one guy take down a whole like bunch of people to just see like the one man against the world it can be serious like in jason Bourne, um or it can be or like the matrix uh can be like fantasy like i don't know what it is that i like so much about that but this movie has that to it of the odd man like one man against four in the streets that was just so much fun or i'm gonna take an entire building down of steel mill uh baddies felt like a video game And I don't mean that in a bad way, actually. There was something building about it. Like, just like, oh, man, what challenge is he going to do next? And uh, he and his old master taking down literally an army (laughs) and a gang of gang members. It's just so wild. Um, There's no way it would play out like that, but um, there's something just a lot of fun about watching somebody plow everybody down.
1: Yeah, with with him and Fu Wen-Chi the uh like the province's most decorated officer who's he's the guy that uh was looking for the uh empire seal uh he's the, he's the guy that shows up at the house and ling the stepmother like actually kind of gets some good hits on him uh in that scene um and, triple kick to the
2: groin man oh <laughs>
1: yeah uh i gotta say uh, another thing about jackie chan's fight choreography um There's something mentioned in some of the 70s uh, kung fu movies, which is that, like, oh, there are men's styles and then women's styles. And uh, both Ling in this movie and then uh, his aunt in the 1978 Trunken Master film perform strictly feminine kung fu styles. And it's very cool the difference uh, that you see. And I guess there's a little comedy to that scene too, when Fei Hung is like, Oh, father, father, he's hurting me, he's hurting me, and he steps in and Ling's kind of upset and he's like, No, I'll just play it, I'm fine. It's it's good. Um But like the that that guy, uh, when you're talking about Fu Wenchi and um Fei Hung in the restaurant, and then the axe gang shows up.
2: That little restaurant saloon scene, that was cool. Russell's saying one-on-one, and those were those are fun scenes, but I like the tag team act- action. I like your your second, your right hand man, tossing you props to throw in, or when the bamboo splits and you've got to use it. So yeah, the the Fu Win Chi scenes in that restaurant, they were that was a big highlight for me. It's it just enables so much more. Even with the stepmom tossing the bottles of alcohol again, it's it's that secondary yeah. actor actress that's just fueling the fight sometimes literally
0: yeah and uh you know going back to her again Jackie Chan is 9 years older than no she way. is and i did yeah, not know that yeah and it, he's a- and it doesn't really make any sense for as far as a casting but when she's this good you don't you don't question it you don't ask about it there's no jokes about like haha my father married a super young woman again or something there's none of the addressing of that it, it was noticeable i was like i even had a little bit of a like oh wait this is his mom or his stepmom and then I was like something's not right and then i just i just went with it after a certain point because she was awesome but um that's that's a lot to overcome as an actress when you're technically not something's odd about your selection but then you just go like you shrug your shoulders and go like I get it. She probably was better than anybody else who came in for the auditions. Man, reading so. her
2: Wikipedia, she was a prodigy at just everything she tried. Like She was a fantastic musician who literally just retired, said, I'm on top of everything. I've done everything. So I'm going to go do acting and be awesome at that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go be a philanthropist and, and act, social activist and be awesome at that. And unfortunately, she was taken from us due to, uh, I believe it was cervical cancer, way too soon. But, man, she, I don't, I think this was one of her earlier roles, and it, it's sad that she passed away in her 40s. I,
0: through dubbing sometimes, through another culture's lens, through, um, you know, just, it, it wasn't necessarily made for our audience. So sometimes, particularly with secondary characters, things just don't stand out and, these secondary characters did stand out in a way. I liked his dad. I liked, I liked him. Uh, or, 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 sorry, I liked his, uh, his stepmom. You know, I liked Mr. Um, like Mr. Chow. Uh, yes, <laughs> I, did, I did like Mr. Chow. Yeah, and I, I did like uh, who's, who's the guy they said, like? Blame yeah, it on yeah. um, uh, blame it on Joe. Yeah, yeah yes. that, that's
2: that's poor Joe.
0: Yeah, sorry, blame it on, yeah, blame it on Cho. I, I was really surprised at the depth of this cast. The baddies are a little bit flat, one-dimensional '90s baddies. Um, that's very indicative of what you have here in America too. Like, um, they're not all Hans Gruber. So, I mean, uh, so and even he's a bit of a caricature. So, I mean, um, these are definitely flat one dimensional bad guy baddies. Um, uh, but somehow when you have this comedic kind of tone to it, it kinda of works. Um something you guys mentioned in the hero episode of it took Chad's enjoyment out of there uh by kind of having this chinese um propaganda kind of bend to it propaganda. Yeah, propaganda bend. yeah so there's a nationalist bent here uh you know the the british you know suits are evil guys trying to take the artifacts and make china less chinese and um you know uh does that and does that get in your way here chad because it bothered you before obviously there's a historical Uh, Thing that was heavier for you before, but is it bothering you here in closer modern times? This
2: isn't the same as Hero. So, Hero took a story of, hey, we should all submit to a government, and this is the most honorable path. And that governor, or in that case, the king, wound up being an absolute psychopath. So, you know, Hero has historical issues. This one, I it's no different than Indiana Jones using the Nazis to steal artifacts, whatever. So the Chinese have the British as stealing their culture, stealing something. I'm fine with that. There's, yeah, the nationalism's there, but it's not giving a message of obey and submit to a totalitarian government. So you want to use them. I, I'm sure a ton of countries use Americans as their bad guys. It's easy. We're loud loudmouths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, are They probably have rednecks showing up in German films. I don't know. But, yeah, it's. I'm fine with it here.
0: I think the stereotypical American, when you talk to people from Europe, is always like somebody from Texas.
2: Yeah, that's fine. With Yosemite Sam, two guns, just walking around ready yeah. to shoot anything. Yeah. Yep
0: like in uh, like in Dracula like you know Quincy uh-huh. <laughs> So uh Dustin what did you think about how this movie is made like in terms of its direction
1: One of the worst criticisms I've I've given to a movie before is that like it just seems like this movie's like 10 scenes just kind of bookended next to one another and nothing flows together Um with this movie I I kind of felt like sometimes moving from you know, the thirty-eight minute mark to the forty-eight minute mark, like some things were just a little too convenient. Um, we had a, a henchman find Fei Hung in a city of who you know, tens of thousands or whatever. Like that never happens. I don't know what to say about like criticizing the the director's ability to put a story together cohesively plot-wise, because I he, the director's a martial artist. He's he's not a filmmaker in that sense um he is uh Fu Wenchi. Chi, that's the director but when it comes to like cohesion or like how well the story like ends up enveloping you at the end um if if there wasn't the key point of focusing on the kung fu and the fighting, which is what this movie is billed as, then uh i I would very easily say, I don't enjoy it as much because it's just not not uh put together well. Uh, I think Maybe that's the best way that I can put a critical eye on the direction is that, uh, well, you know, there are some things that are visually appealing as far as like uh, how how well the movie flows. Not not great, but it's at a level for me where I'm like, but it's still okay because we are gifted with all the rest of what's on the screen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Chad, what do you think about how this film's uh, flow is? Like I said, uh, we we do have a conflict here. Jackie Chan. He often clashed with the director, and among their disagreements, uh, Liao wanted a particular style of filming, involving quick tracking shots and slow motion, and using like wide-angle lenses to play with the perspective. And Jackie, you know, he's a master of his craft. He has a strong vision for what he wants to see, um, you know, much like Bruce Lee did. And Bruce Lee had a lot of conflicts with Enter the Dragon, and that movie, to Dustin's point, suffered as well from some of that tug of war. And it's coming into play here too. He didn't uh, appreciate what uh, Liao wanted. And uh, he wanted a more realistic hyungar. Is that fair style of fighting? And uh, Jackie Chan felt that the fans wanted more of that drunken style. And Liao wanted to use wires to hold people up. And Jackie is really opposed to that. He wants to do it for real. And that's something we didn't really talk about. Uh, that's another thing of what Jackie does. He brings authenticity to what he does. So he's got the skill. He's got the martial arts and he's got the humor. But he also does the stunts so later we see him falling into a bed of coals and, and going across it and so when you understand that somebody who really breaks his body and puts his his own name on there on the line and he really has mounted up a ton of injuries over the course of his career he really does sacrifice himself to do this and so when the director kind of doesn't come at it like that way you're just bound to have this butting heads going at it like that so Um, There is a conflict there. And I do think it shows in that tonal shift that I talked about. This movie has a hard time having a cohesive vision because the star and the director were not at all sharing that vision together. Yeah,
2: I first and foremost, I think Jackie Chan was right, at least with the style of movie I want. I always push back with slow-mo. I think it was overused. It's particularly overused, late 80s, early 90s. You get that little tch, 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 like camera shutter, yeah, shutter. sound. Is, yeah. it's, it, it's very irritating. It's grating to me and it dates things. So I, I think this movie is preserved a little bit better than some of its peers around this time because it's not doing that nonsense. I don't like it. Uh, it as far as Jackie Chan himself doing all these stunts, What's funny is when there's a giant metal, pale barrel, whatever, in the plant that falls down and he rolls out of the way just in time and you hear this big catastrophic thud, my immediate thought was, wow, I hope that was the only take because that would really hurt. (laughs) And at the end of this movie, I don't know... your guys's versions did the same thing but we get a weird out of place rock song and it shows all the stunts and a lot of the lines that were said wrong or things that went wrong and sure enough this big giant metal object falls on jackie chan and he's visibly in pain like it wasn't a this wasn't a fake metal object yeah it, and yeah now, it lands on him <laughs> yeah yeah, same yeah. with the Coles. I watched him and I read he did it twice because he wasn't happy with it the first time. That's right. So that takes dedication. I, I watched the latest Jackass movie and while it's a different form of stunt, it's it's kind of the same dedication to just, we're going to do this. We're going to do this right, whatever it costs. Johnny Knoxville and Bulls. Every time a bull comes out, and Johnny Knoxville's there. I'm like, this is going to end in you in a hospital, but he's like, it'll be funny. Whether it's funny or not to you, <laughs> I don't know, but you know that's that's their shtick.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just think that it's a shame that the director wasn't more in tune with him. I I I don't know necessarily because I haven't studied all the other Jackie Chan movies as much, but because this maybe comes earlier than some of his subsequent efforts, I think there's some that the brand of Jackie Chan is better defined, and then you know what you're getting into. And where so you probably avoid that from happening
1: as much. Well, and he he gets in the director's chair at least partially starting in like starting in ninety-three, ninety-four after this. Um so he, he starts being more involved with that side after this movie. So this is when he was like, Okay, if I really want to present what I believe audiences want, I need to be behind the camera as well. I love coming back to this question because when I introduce people to the uh to the podcast, um I tell them the name retro movie round table, and I say our rule is it's got to be ten years old or older, and uh, then I get into the discussion of what retro means, and it makes me think. Uh, I was a guest sometime last year that said, um, that said like, oh yeah, well we define retro as what you grew up with, and I grew up with this movie, and I grew up with this time, and I love that definition of it, um, and so like like th- th- this time period of like. I grew up during the, maybe the best time to be introduced to Jackie Chan's thing, comedy and fighting together. Yeah. It was like a match made in heaven.
2: But then we watched it go very, very south. I, I'm i thinking of the tuxedo. That's a...
1: Ooh. It's pretty late in his run. That though, was, that that point, was though. like O three or maybe O one to O three. I re- I actually like the tuxedo because I, I I I did and still do have a huge crush on Jennifer Love Hewitt. I liked it at the time, I but too. I also I, <laughs> I would
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't have I haven't gone back to revisit it, and I'm a little bit afraid to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I like even as I rank my Jackie Chan movies, I know I know it's probably on the lower end with Shanghai Nights, and probably not at the upper end. Oh, with, Shanghai you know, Nights
2: is still regarded as one of his best. I um,
0: like it now the uh when Jackie Chan takes over is towards the end of the movie, and it's it's worth mentioning he might be too much of a perfectionist at least getting this early run in the director's seat. It shows signs of somebody who might not have had the discipline to carry a whole movie through at least from a directorial standpoint. It took him nearly four months to shoot the last seven minutes and I mean, in one hand, I really admire the dedication of that, but on the other hand, that can certainly blow your budget out the water and stuff like that too. so I mean it's good that it happened at the end um but it does make me wonder what would happen if the director is either more amiable to listening to Jackie Chan and some more free, free flowing exchange and identifying that this is the star and he knows his vision for how he wants to choreograph these scenes. But and therefore, he probably has an idea of how they want to be shot and probably how the story is going to go. And it's going to be a more collaborative effort and to not fight him so much on that. It does make you wonder what would have been achieved had you brought in a director who had that skill and... Um, you know, could have been more in tune with Jackie. So um, you leave you leave wondering, what if?
1: yeah I, I How see much? How much saying. better?
0: How much even? Yeah. How much even better could it have been? Because and that sounds negative, because it's good. I mean, um, we had a fun time. I think we've all said we had a fun time with this. And it, Jackie doing his magic will mesmerize you.
1: If it's not Jackie Chan himself, it's it's the sheer volume and quality combined of the fights you see um i i was listening to a uh a muay thai practitioner break down the final fight scene of this movie and he said that like he, he mentioned the same fact that you just did and he said that uh you know in total this fight like from beginning to end is nearing eight minutes and there are many kung fu movies where the total amount of the fights because of their the, the, like the length of them is only 8 to 12 minutes so we are we are flooded with quality fight scenes in this movie
2: without yeah without Jackie Chan's influence do we get the joke of him hanging naked on the sign and when they pull him down they they say on the plus side all the women want to date you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah.
2: Yeah, this was clearly Jackie Chan saying
0: write this in for me. Help me out. Mm-hmm. And that that was another one of those tonal things that I think this movie might have gone a little bit too mean. Also when his dad kicks him out of the house, I think there's a funny way of kicking you out of the house and the way that I said like hey, these guys are getting beat up but then they like kind of dust themselves off and be like, "That guys dangerous." Like, mm-hmm. you know, and somehow adding the dubs to it makes it funnier. Um, watching Jackie get kicked out um, by his dad being angry there's, there's a you can't do that here i said you can't do that you're out no i mean it you're out in employing discipline whereas it, it got a little bit got a little bit it's harder to too watch much, huh? yeah I, I agree and this is not that kind of movie now you can do that in a serious movie but this isn't a serious movie at all and so again i gotta question the director on that scene just be like um yeah i think that you need to pull back there mm. a little bit and um again the tone. There's moments where the tone just doesn't go into play. You know, like you said, Dustin, where you meet your buddy and you've accidentally infiltrated the same place independently and you're fighting each other because you both knock somebody else and take in their disguise and you believe the other guy's a guard. That's a very funny kind of Pink Panther-esque kind <laughs> yeah. of like thing coming coming back together. That's very, very funny. And that doesn't go with this other thing. Now it was saved by the stepmom of Anita Moy. Uh, coming in and i need a meow, need a meow. <laughs> coming in <laughs> uh-huh. coming in and she um she she did the whole like i'm having a baby and like but you wouldn't hit me kind of thing and like at first i was like that's kind of dark but then it was dark in a good way she bent she bent this thing that was just not working for yeah me at all and like and it turned it into like a. It's like I'm gonna beat you. It's like you better you not. You better not like, because you know I've was... got a
1: baby in me, and she's <laughs> doing and the she fake little... jumps. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, Forward and backwards.
2: So
1: um, I never. So I can't tell you she's... how
2: much she's saved. That was she telling the truth? I
0: feel like towards the end she was telling the truth. I don't know. Chad, I've yeah.
1: seen I've seen this movie a million times. I still don't know. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I don't know, and that's I like that I don't know because I like that she's the next. Le- she's she's very crafty, and yeah. I so in the middle of in the middle while the train seemed to be careening off the rails and into a lake or and like all like over a cliff she magically puts it back on the rails and um <laughs> saves the day like right when it needed it most she's like superman i mean
2: with with what you're talking about russell i, I think there's a cultural aspect that we in america may be missing out here there's there's a lot of sense of honor it's going to be poured into Chinese culture movies. So I, I think for this type of movie, it was an appropriate thing for the culture it's being presented to. I didn't really have a problem with the scene at all. I I do understand it got dark, but you expect it. There's some form of dip in the action. There's his main conflict. Wasn't so much with the ax gang. It was with his family, with his dad and with, the honor that he could carry for his dad's business uh for his dad's fighting style, so yeah yeah to me it it was it was fine they they did kind of wallow in it for a little bit, but I thought we take a ten minute detour and then mm-hmm. we have uh Mrs. Ling just jumping jumping up and down jumping and saying i'm pregnant <laughs> yeah. and and saving us from it.
1: There's a bunch here that I want to jump in on, some of it about this movie, and then I want to take just a little bit of time to mention about its uh, its prequel, you know, the first. Uh, But the first thing I'll say is, uh, approaching this movie now for the podcast, as opposed to the hundreds or thousands of times I've seen it before— um, I I would agree with you, Chad. Like it, we do, wallow in that, and it's the music is very good in that scene, and it makes you feel like this is rough because it, it's not it mm-hmm. it's, it's not like it's going over well for either. Jackie Chan is still drunk. fei Hung is still drunk, and uh Ke Ying is is having like a hard time actually pulling him. They fall down into some pots. Like like he's 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 screaming at him. Uh, it does seem like a little too long and like it totally doesn't fit. And then you, it comes back later, uh it, it immediately after uh Ling says she's pregnant and uh Kei Ying, uh, his father, is is so happy about it. He's walking in, in front of Fei Hung and Fei Hung says like Congratulations, father. And he looks at him and just says, Thank you. <laughs> like he's oh. <laughs> like he's like this just wiped the, the slate clean. Yeah. Um, now, the, the thing I wanted to bring up, and I'll try to keep it brief because I am mentioning another movie, is that um, this is the culmination of Jackie Chan's Fei-Hung story, his Wong Fei-Hung story. There are a bunch of them out there. Uh, they have been making movies about Wong Fei-Hung since 1930. Um, that being said, this is my favorite version of it. And in the 1978 version, what we learn is that Wong Fei-Hung, Jackie Chan's character, is like a bad kid. He is uh, getting into trouble all the time. He is like a womanizer. He, is, uh, he brings dishonor to the family name. So much so that his father disowns him in the first movie and sends him to be punished. How does he get punished? He sends him to Fei Hung's great uncle, um, <clears throat> who is the original drunken master. He, s- he sends him to go train for a year um, with his uncle, so and uh his uncle so is delights in torturing him that being said it does teach him this secret kung fu technique of the eight drunken gods and at the end of that movie uh there was a hit on fei hung's dad Qi ying and fei hung stops the assassination by employing the use of this new kung fu then they go home. This movie, I have to believe, is a sequel to that. In that, it's not a retelling of the Fei Hung story. It has already happened. That like Fei Hung knows the uh, five animal styles that that uh, his dad teaches at the school: tiger, crane, dragon, leopard, snake. He knows these styles, and people in the town know. That he has the secret style, but he is forbidden to use it because he was such a bad kid that he only went to go, like, that was a punishment for him. And so he's kind of been, like, kept on a leash. And in this movie, he's kind of, like, when we're introduced to him, like, going through the market, uh, like, he's kind of well-regarded. You know, Fawn has a crush on him. Shang Tsung is, like, a rival slash friend. Um, Like, he's... he's, Like, he respects him. He he respects him, and and he's kind of mild-mannered. It's not until he starts drinking again that his father freaks out, and maybe maybe you might think like, oh, th- like that was a really heavy freak out and disownment, but he'd already had to go through this before, and so this is yeah. the second time. And I know I'm bringing info from another movie in. He's had it up to here with Fei Hung a lot, and so like the, the the breaking of this trust between them. Uh, does lead to, like, throwing him out again. And if he's not thrown out, he doesn't get drunk at the restaurant. If he's not drunk at the restaurant, he's not caught by John and Henry and the rest of the British consulate, like, thugs. If that doesn't happen, he's not strung up uh, in the... Like, like the, these little things aren't perfect in the movie by themselves, but with, like, the, knowing the 1978 version, it gives you just a, a teeny little bit more context that... um I think really works. So, uh, you know, thank you for letting me go off on that like five minute, you know, extra discussion considering we're not talking about the 78 movie, but it does like change a little bit of how this movie is taken in.
0: Now, what do you think about the environments? We get to travel to another land here by doing this. Did you like going to, is this Hong Kong actually? I have to ask.
2: It's just 20th century China.
0: Okay. So it's just, we're going to China. It's a different world for us. Did you enjoy the trip, Chad?
2: Yeah, yeah. I always like the excuse to send us back to the point where there aren't cars, so it, it's nice to have these villages. You get a little, little different environment. I, I just feel like no cars, no, no guns. Uh, you, your tools for the fighting movie are just different. So that's an excuse as far as. China itself I think it it lends to m- more martial arts being introduced I can't remember the style of the fishmongers kung fu what's mm-hmm. zailufu Zai Fu. and so there's another just i you could call it unnecessary i suppose fight scene but it's it was greatly enjoyed by me i i like seeing The two styles pitted up against each other. So I don't think you have that culture in America where it's just like your local butcher also is a master (laughs) of Krav Maga.
0: I mean, they said it. They said it in the song. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. uh, Oh, God. Their kicks were (laughs) fast as lightning.
2: I've been avoiding that the entire episode. So, yes.
0: Well, I went there.
1: Of course. Count on you, Russell. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah the uh the the docks though were fun and i really enjoyed the train scene in fact i wanted more train scene i I had a great time going under the train over the train through the train cars um that is a playground for jackie chan to enjoy i liked going under the stilted up the um under platform foundations yeah Mm. the plat yeah uh, i is the uh fancy term that nobody will know what i'm talking about but um yeah yep under 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 the stilted uh structure uh was a great battling environment uh, the streets were used really well. Uh, the restaurant scene was okay. I, I um felt like that was a little bit more um uh, like it felt like a set. It felt contained um in a and not a good way. And the steel mill was the other one that I know that they had to do, they had to have a lot of room for these stunts and stuff like that, but there was a sense of uh a stage there at the end, and that was the only time that the environments like kind of began to let me down a little bit. Because some of these other street scenes and the other environments that we had felt very, again, authentic and real. And things were very controlled in the steel mill. And um, that was where I just felt like, you know, maybe it just wasn't dirty enough. Maybe it wasn't crowded enough. Maybe there was just, the the, you know, the camera couldn't turn, you know, and track as much and follow the fight movements as smoothly because there are a lot of cuts and stuff like that. Again, to the nature of their composing these stunts and stuff like that. So they need the control. But with that, it started to feel scripted. So um, that's a a physical environment thing. The train
2: in the time period was a great excuse to be able to just throw ducks at people. And no, I'm not misspeaking. Go watch this movie. They're literally throwing ducks. (laughs) Look out, they're going wild. (laughs) They've gone wild. Yes. (laughs) That looked like so much fun. Jackie Chan's having a lot of fun there.
0: Yeah, and I I think we got to call it out. I really like the scene where the the uh, they needed to come up with the ginseng roots i mean you have this serious respected guy but he <laughs> has such an o- dishonorable standpoint <laughs> i think the juxtaposition is hilarious so much so that they poison him is like he's only half dead right like you Don't know get mean? The, the, some of those lines uh Maybe it's because they're translated out of lines, but they're hit with a bluntness that I love. <laughs> there's a darkness to it that I'm like, I don't know if that hits easier there, but I love the way that that's landing for me here.
1: <laughs> and then there's some sometimes, and it doesn't matter which dub you have, but <clears throat> she says, uh, Ling says something like, oh, you'll just blame it on Cho. And out of shot, like way behind, like in the back, Cho falls down the stairs because he right. heard that he's going to get blamed again. Like v- very much like... Uh, well like anime humor right where it's like yeah uh, a big like sweat drop will come on their forehead or like they will fall to the ground in embarrassment or something uh he's he really wraps up some of those jokes with a bow
0: yeah i think it's that time should we get into our superlatives
1: absolutely certainly
0: all right chad who's your mvp of the legend of drunken Master?
2: Jackie Chan. I mean the stunts, the comedy, it was all on point for me, and I had a great time because of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Justin? I, is it a sweep? Because mine. Of too. course.
1: Of course it's. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: That's why we're talking about it, mm-hmm. right? Ten years later, or or more than ten years later. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. Uh now, best supporting. I think this might be a runaway as yeah. well, Chad.
2: She almost got MVP for me. I enjoyed Anita Moy's performance so so very much like i told dustin i adored this character this is probably my favorite character that i've run into all year and solid candidate for throughout the rest of the year so anita moy as stepmom ling
0: Nikki pick for best supporting actress maybe at the end of the year we'll see yeah, it's going to be um,
2: tough to unseat her
0: yeah it's early though but yeah that you're right dustin how about you are you following suit
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I I, think we all knew after we talked about the movie that, that that's how it would be. She's incredible.
0: I literally considered her for MVP, but obviously, yes, Jackie taking over the director seat. and Obviously, the choreographing, you had to pick him. But the fact that I even thought about it, the fact that I even at one point compared her to Lucille Ball, and Chad did too. I mean... That's high. That's high praise. That slap so, uh, in the
2: face scene where she can't get her jaw straight and she's kind of slurring yeah. her speech—that was very I love Lucy esque.
1: Yep. Hell oh, yeah!
0: Yeah, she's very physically funny. She's um, even through dubs, her, her her wording is funny. Like great character, well performed. I would watch a sequel of this family again, and <laughs> largely because of her. So uh, tougher, th- like so. Those were relatively obvious. Hidden Jim, though, Chad. What's your head Jim?
2: Yeah, Chi-Kuang Chung as Chow, the servant. I just thought, like, Dustin saying his reactions in the background, he's, <laughs> he's the bumbling pratfall guy, and I thought he did a good job at it.
0: He has a good surprise face. Yes. Very important. <laughs> um,
1: and he's using the Imperial Seal as, like, yes. a mortar and, <laughs> and <laughs> pestle. To <Yeah>. like grab- <laughs> haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was excellent. Uh,
0: Dustin, how about you? Is
1: that, is that yours as well? It, it isn't. I had so many. I could do a 30-minute episode on a deeper dive uh, of this movie. So I'm just going to pick one, which is, uh, Russell, in your movie, The Leader of Fred's Gang, and in, in our version, in Chad and I's version, it was The Leader of the Axe Game, um, is an actor uh, whose name is HSU, H-S-U-Y, so like Shu, Shui. Um, he is uncredited in the movie. However, he plays uh, the King of Bamboo in the 1978 yep. version, who is one of the few people to hold a victory over Wong Fei-Hung and um, his his torturous uncle, uh, Uncle So, So High. So, like, that guy had a long-storied career, and he's just included in this, like, the 16 years later, he's just included as a little bonus.
0: Wow, that's a fun... Fun tie in there. That that is great. Uh, my hidden gem is going to go to the patient, Mister Chan. Um, <laughs> I, I did not catch the actor's name, <laughs> yeah. but I really I liked my bad dubs here. To be honest, because I thought it made it funnier at times, and to just kind of be going through like getting the wrong ginseng, and then I just com, com you know com adding another well well measured addition to that scene where so much funny stuff's going on. Uh, he might have gotten buried by all the other fun stuff going on here. Um, but yeah, you know, nobody picked him. But the, the main bad guy, I, I guess his name is he's Ken Lowe, right? Uh, who plays John?
1: Yes, John.
0: Yeah, dude can kick. We didn't we didn't give him his prot. So we got all the way through the Sopratos. I just want to throw it out there. Like, good job for him, too. Yeah. Um, recast. You had to recast somebody and put somebody else in their place. Chad, who's going
2: to be? ho Park. He plays Henry. He's one of the main bad guys. I didn't think he did a bad job, but I want Jet Li in this role. Just okay. stern bad guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He would have been there at the time, I assume, right? Yeah. Yep. So I'm gonna oh sorry, Dustin. Who is your recap? Uh, the cool
1: the, the cool thing about Ho Sun Pak is that he is the character model for Liu Kang yes. and Shang Tsung in the Mortal Kombat yes, he game. Is. Um he he also it's also cool when a movie I'm trying to get back into the previous part of the episode on accident. Sorry, y'all. Uh <laughs> uh he it's cool when you can see in a movie that the henchmen are on different tiers. <laughs> like there's the low level beat 'em ups, and then this guy's like second in command. Then there's Ken Lowe, John, and then you know like like That's the
0: video that's, game quality I was telling you about, yes. Yeah. Like yeah, climbing the yeah, ladder, yeah. climbing the ladder. Yeah,
1: I think he's a good candidate to be replaced. Um, another good candidate would have been if this movie were made today, the the British console guy like like he's a nobody. He would be he would have like a cameo. He would be like a really famous actor who has like two lines. Yes. Um, but my recast is a guy named Bruno. If I say the name Bruno, do you know who I'm talking about? We don't you don't. Just... Sasha talk...
0: is the only thing coming to my
1: mind.
2: Oh, Russell just blew it. We don't talk about <laughs> Bruno, or Russell.
1: Um, well, Bruno is the big henchman who wields the flaming yes. chain, um, who literally could have been anybody. He's played by a guy named Vincent Tuatan. Um, but I think if we were to replace him with uh, Chen Hua Lee, who is uh, known for being a big um, <clears throat> East Asian... When I mean big, I mean like big, muscular, built, like Schwarzenegger built. Like a
0: Bolo Young kind of guy.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. He's very much like Bolo Young. Um, and he, in, he actually was in the previous Drunken Master movie as Gorilla. Um, and I think it would be a cool way to like have him pay homage either to reprise the same character or just to play someone else. Because I, I feel like that particular henchman... His scene was cool, but it literally could have been anything. Um to have, so, a ch- like, that, to have chains
0: hard. like hot chains swinging around, you're right. He could have been cooler. Like and I it's just a, said somehow. like and I and I literally said yeah. he's swinging red hot chains around, which is super cool. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> which is pretty cool. And somehow it could have been cooler. I'm I'm with you. That's a good choice. I like um, I
2: yeah. like the change, but I wanna go back to that British consulate recasting like now you make me really want John Cleese here.
0: Oh, uh-huh. well, John Cleese yeah. would be good. I actually picked. So this is my recast. I'm going with Tim Curry. Prefer that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yes, I like it. Um, and you're right. I, I I think that it would only have to be very short, and they'd have to fly him in, and they might have to go to England to film it to make it look like that. But he doesn't have to be in there for yeah. very long. So uh, make it make it happen. So, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I'm for that. Best best shot. Chad, we talked about the unevenness about some of the cinematography here, but um best shot. There are some good ones.
2: I thought the fight under the train car, it just has an extremely claustrophobic shot, and it does a great job conveying how little room they have to maneuver. So that's my best shot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dustin, best shot. It was hard to pick. Um I, I did watch a compilation of people reacting to certain shots in this movie. And um there is a double faint overhead kick that comes down at uh, Fei Hung by John in the last, like, like to sort of kick off, uh, no pun intended, the uh, last fight scene mm-hmm. where his foot gets stuck in the table. And when he removes his foot, he does a standing split. He takes his glasses off and puts them in his little vest that pocket. That was awesome, by this the way. Drunken boxing, huh? <laughs> you want to give it a go? It's like whoa, and, and I've, I saw all these like YouTube people react to it, and I know it's coming, and I see their jaws drop, and I see these guys that like do like action podcasts and stuff, and they're like whoa, and I just realize it's the exact same feeling for me every time. Like this is nuts. Yeah. So that's my shot.
0: That is uh that and that that one stood out to me. That was a runner up for me. I uh, I felt like this movie could have had better transitions given that we're filming in such an inspiring location. And so one of the ones that did a great job of this is there's a shot of a footbridge that then looks over at the group training in the distance and then tracks and then pans over and turns to around a lamp and then it cuts down onto the ground of the group training. There's not a lot of good camera movement like that in the movie. That's that's um I'm going to go ahead and praise it highly. It's a Spielbergian move. And I wanted a lot more of that, particularly while some of the action was happening. But it was it made for a good transition. And uh, given that we're shooting in a, uh, to me, it's an exotic location. I wanted to see more of those transitions that soaked in the scenery like that and really immersed you in that. So uh, they did it there. They didn't do it as much in other places, but uh, they did it there. And I'm going to give them credit for doing it there. Good transition. Hmm.
1: Good call. Cool. Uh,
0: best scene. Chad.
2: The first drunken boxing scene with Ling tossing the bottles to Wong, that's a great part. You get to see all of the drunken boxing moves, the washing mas- machine style, the wheelbarrow, <laughs> all of that is just perfection. And even the, the shots back to Ling where she's, she's saying, don't worry, it gives him power because everyone else is like, <laughs> is this a good idea? So, yeah, <laughs> all of that is just there are props flying everywhere, bodies flying everywhere, perfection.
0: Great choice there. Dustin, how about you?
1: That is a great choice. Uh, he does a standing pistol, uh, and I believe the the phrase he utters is uh, eagle carries wine yes. bottle, uh, a pistol. <laughs> a pistol for those that don't know is when uh you have you're, you're on uh, you're crouching uh with uh, on one foot and the other uh the other leg is uh, at a perpendicular angle to the ground and then you you rise you push up off the ground incredibly hard to do uh and it just it, Jackie Chan makes it look easy. Yeah. That being said, that was my second favorite scene. Uh, my my best scene is the final fight scene. Um I I know we said that we didn't really mention Ken Lo much Cause really his, his part is to be that, uh, like that final boss. That's what he is. He's in the movie before he's, he's in the train car when the ducks are thrown. Yes. Um, uh, you'll actually notice that when, uh, Hung tosses, uh, Cho in front of his way, he dodges it and then jumps over him. Uh, like he's in the movie like sporadically, but he's there to be the final boss and he's incredible. Uh, for those that did not know, he's Jackie Chan's in real life bodyguard. Uh, Jackie Chan met him at a club where he was the head of security and said, "No, no, you're my head of security," um, which is just sick. And he does a great job. He's got taekwondo moves in that. Uh, you even get comedy too. Um, in in that last eight minute scene, um, you get J- Jackie Chan like spits out a little alcohol and it lights the uh, end of the rod on fire. At the end of the scene, he's like kind of. Falling over, and he blows a bubble with just like whatever that alcohol is, um, on top of the incredible fighting, which we really didn't talk about that much <laughs> in this episode. But it, it's it's why it's worthy of the best scene. I love
2: me. Donnie Yen, but I am glad we got Ken Lo. Like Donnie Yen was offered that part, and yeah, no way, I didn't yeah. know. That.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, my best scene is is uh, definitely going to be I and. I, I, the my runner-up was definitely the the axe fight the, or the Fred fight, however you want to put it. The gang, like the the army of men coming after these two masters, uh, but I, I cannot uh, go away from what Chad said. The the four the four on one, five on one kind mm-hmm. of yeah. fight in the streets where we see everything unleashed. It's just it's fun fighting. It's skill. The comedy's there. Ling is amazing, and it, she's really fanning the flames. We already knew she was mischievous, but now like she's. She's hilariously mischievous here, so um, it's it's really good. Right down to the part where she's doing this Lucy-esque crying, like like once uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> once his father enters the scene, and then she's like was like egging him on, like go get him, get him. Oh oh no, Way! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the, just there were so many fun turns on that, and the fact that the gangsters were realizing that this guy had game, he could fight, and that was fun to see yeah. all of that. Um, this. In large part was what's going to be bringing me back. This scene is fun, and um, you know, yeah, that's what Jackie Chan's great at, and I really enjoyed it. So, um, it this kind of scene in particular puts it at the top end. I, I did text Just and I was like, "Is this my favorite Jackie Chan movie?" And I thought about it a little more since then. Rumble in the Bronx is still my favorite Jackie Chan movie, but this is just under that.
1: What does it mean when there's a picture of a skull? <laughs> Good
0: stuff. <laughs> So uh, best wardrobe moment, Chad.
2: I really like the axe gang leader suits and Dustin and Russell, you both mentioned it. It differentiates them. So Henry and John's suits, uh, I think Henry in particular, he had a really on point suit. I I like that Mm -hmm. a lot. So he was styling, but he wasn't the final boss.
0: It made them seem westernized. And like, you're right, that was the bad guy uniform
1: dustin what about you man mine is actually a makeup moment uh i remember watching like the dvd behind the scenes stuff back in you know 2001 about this and uh they had to constantly reapply all of this like bold red paint to jackie chan's face when he's whenever he's drinking like whenever his character is drinking um and it would it would it would like run off so fast and they had to do like a really particular like style to make sure it didn't stain the clothes um, because he's sweating through it immediately. Um, So it's kind of like a shout out to the makeup artist for, for being able to uh, convey the, whether it's the puffy eyes or, or the, the red makeup slash paint on his face. Um, They, they do a good job of Regardless of if you think his, uh, I mean, it is feigned intoxication, but the look of how it affects his body was, they nailed it for what they were going for. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now mine is going to be kind of the, the when he shows up at the end, he's got an all white kind of getup, which is kind of like the, uh, the escalation. He's always got these like really baggy kind of like navy blue, um, you know, like long tail kind of things. that kind of accentuates his sloppy, uh, you know, drunken style of fighting in in the motions. Like the wardrobe actually kind of, um, kind of goes with that. It's not that tight, um, tight to the body. Somehow that loose looseness really accentuates that style that he's fighting. Um, But he comes with the all white, which is kind of like the hero, the white knight riding in at the end. Um, uh, And doesn't leave white. He also shows you how dirty he gets in that fight in that mill scene. So, (laughs) um that's my pick for best wardrobe moment um although i'd like both of them knocking out a bad guy in in the embassy and uh both both wearing enemy (laughs) in the uniform (laughs) and bumping into each other so for comedy it's that for symbolism and for for tone in the movie it's it's jackie and white but um now change one thing and only one thing chat so some of the
2: coolest stunts wind up getting repeated in that final fight and they're, they're present in the first drunken boxing, the, the, my best scene, and I was a little disappointed to see those same stunts, the wheelbarrow, the washing machine type effect. I didn't want to see those again. They were cool the first time, but I felt like it took away from how special that final fight was and I just wish he'd done other moves. So my change one thing is is do different moves.
0: I thought the washing machine was a very funny move to do on lower level people and that doesn't fit the boss at the end as much. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, One one cool thing is the boss does uh, counter or block some of his repertoire. Mm -hmm. Um, Wheelbarrow, he gets him with pretty hard and he ends it with waterfall into the box. It almost seems like, uh, is that it? Uh, And I agree with you about that completely.
0: Now, Dustin, change one thing.
1: Um, there is a uh, counterintelligence officer on the train who helps distract the guard from going through the Wong family's stuff, and he's the guy who offers a hand to Fei Hung as he's chasing the train mm-hmm. to let him back up. Yeah, he he also notices when he swaps the ginseng through the bars of the gate very early, very beginning of the movie, and then he's gone from the movie. Played by a very right, famous I remember, actor, Andy Lau.
0: I wrote, yeah, yeah. I didn't get to talk he,
1: about he, that. I wrote that down in my notes the first time. I was like,
0: yeah, this is gonna be important later, and it didn't. And, <laughs> and boy, it not. wasn't. <laughs> and then I watched it. And, and then I watched it the second time. I was like, wait, I did not remember why this was important. And I got through the whole movie, and I was like, no, nah, yeah. it's not important. That's really it's weird. <laughs> That's
2: really <laughs> you weird. Failed the uh-huh. Chekhov gun
1: so, test. If somehow he was shown to be working with Fu and Chi. Um, or like he provides the way for, um, the, uh, f- for Hung to get into the factory later. Um, there is like a big like labor riot slash fight where Shang Tsung and Fan and, uh, Foshan like kind of help, like they're with the workers and they're fighting the, um, oh my God. I can't believe we didn't even mention the, uh, tiger sword stopping the hammer of the gun from firing by yep, the way. Yeah. Yeah. But uh like the if he was involved at least a little bit, I think it would help with what I described as clunkiness as things like almost too conveniently like smushing together. Uh if if it had a little more nuance, I think it would be considered a better movie and Andy Lau's cool. So that's mine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really good points on both of those to be honest with you. Uh my change one thing is going to be I just don't like how Wong is reduced to a blind brain damaged, you know, yeah. mentally challenged laughing stock fool and we're supposed to laugh at that at the end with alcohol poisoning in the hospital and never drinking again like i mean just like i said just pump, say like he had to get a stomach pumped and have him just be like i'm never drinking again and then maybe like have like his mom like his stepmom be like well i don't know about never." <laughs>
1: so like yeah
0: <laughs> um so uh
1: to be fair that's the that's that's the worst part of it And so, like, you're making the correct choice by saying, do something else. The director
2: thought so, too.
0: I like the intent of doing something funny, but where, like, where their joke writers were that day, it just, it wasn't funny. I mean, I don't know. I just have Cho do something funny. Like, it needs to be, like, (laughs) I want to leave on a good note. I don't want to leave with, like, the whole, like, Oh, he'll be fine. Kind of pat on the back. That how you have to cut that for America is also disappointing. And if I had only seen that, I would be disappointed with that. So get him
2: some ginseng. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like have Mr. Chu come back and just be like, "I got you ginseng for you this time." And then have him like walk off and like have the mom be like, "We are at it. We don't have any ginseng." <laughs> and then, like and then like look at the camera and be like ooh. So there's just so many things you can do that are better than that. So um, you're right. Um best quote chat
2: so fei hung has finally tracked down fu and Chi, and after all these fights he, he just goes in with this indignant apologize okay sorry like fu and Chi <laughs> is just not interested in this whatever so whatever okay sorry
0: yeah yeah
1: dustin how about you um it is. It's actually. It's. It's on the train when they're playing that game. I don't know what game they're playing. Uh, some type of, um, you know, if it's the game of Go or like Chinese checkers. I don't know what game they're playing. But, um, he, uh, Fei Hung cheats and like tries <laughs> to distract his dad. And uh, he then dad turns back around. And he
0: goes, "Oh,
1: what is this?" And Jackie Chan is just like smiling there with with each other. He goes, "We call it cheating." The reason I picked this one because Russell, your movie, does not have that line. It's a completely different line. No, which it's is not
0: as blunt as that,
1: right? Yeah. But if the, we call it cheating, is awesome. The version you have is something uh, like it's better to forgive or something like it's that. It's
0: just coy. Yeah, playing coy. Yeah. 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 Um, my best quote's gonna be, "Don't worry, blame it on Cho. Yes. <laughs> Solid <laughs>
2: advice.
1: Stairfall. Yep, I had to pick a funny
0: (laughs) one. All right, so we've come full circle, and on a five-star scale with half-star intervals, Chad, this was your first time with this movie. What's your takeaway? Yeah, so
2: give you a slight background before my rating, Russell has been worried about me this year. He has presumed that I am just... I have gone to final stage angry, bitter old man where my ratings have suffered. And he's just like, are you okay?
0: Like he's going to turn into Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino. It's going to happen. We don't turn the ship around. Get off my lawn.
2: Yes. (laughs) So when this got picked, there was concern from Russell. of Like, do I just need to bench you until you found your happy place? Well, Dustin, you have helped me find my happy place. And I wanted to text you and be like, yes, finally, finally, I have something to gush over and praise. I'm giving this a four and a half. I I thought it was just, it was so much fun. I enjoyed it so much. It's been a breath of fresh air. And I am so glad that you used a dealer's choice to say, this is what we're doing. So r- right, right on. on. This was awesome. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Chad, Chad had been on a rough slide of eight, I'd say, of just saying like, this isn't, this isn't working for me. So uh, not just, not just ruin your rankings at the end of the year. <laughs> um dustin how about you five star scale what, what's it going to be for you
1: i need to i need to come back with chad to say i really appreciate your support in my uh ranking of valentine's day you you really uh, were behind me in my uh i would say my <laughs> valor my valor in ranking that what i ranked it listeners you'll have to tune in to find out yes. yourself this is also for me, even though I, I've pretty I've made it pretty clear that this is one of my favorite movies. Uh, I think four and a half stars is appropriate for this movie. Um, I would say for a kung fu movie, it's a five star movie. But I've done this before, like that's categorical as far as overall. I think it's four and a half. Um, I, I would say that uh, w- when I mentioned that clunkiness earlier, that factored in uh, when I mentioned. Th- this is the hardest part. Uh, if I were ranking the 1994 version that had a dub added later and not the dimension films release in the states it would be a four the dialogue is that different y'all so if you're gonna see it i recommend it's under so many names it's under drunken master 2 it's under um uh ziu chuan 2 it's also under uh, The Legend of Drunken Master. I think the Dimension Films Legend of Drunken Master is a 4.5, and the other versions are four stars. So this mm-hmm. is a 4.5 for me.
0: Wow. Yeah. Uh, and the interesting thing about the one that I watched is again, I got mine through Apple TV, by the way. Um, the uh, they, the dubs drop out altogether, and you have a brief moment of subtitles all of a sudden. I even thought it was an error, but like it was just, I guess they just, something went wrong with the dubs for about. 60 seconds
1: it's also Mm -hmm. well known that there are like the perfect cut the cut that exists on like release number three on laserdisc only in china in 94 like that's the perfect cut and it does not exist anywhere um and the only like the best considered version of this movie has cantonese subtitles burned in you can't turn them off it's it's wild how approaching this movie... I'm sorry to jump in on your rating, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's wild how diff- how that affects it. So I think I'll this could
0: off. be affecting it, because I think you guys watched the other version, and um, I think that, as you're putting it, I guess I watched the wrong version. I, I kind of came out of this leaning 3.5, but um, as, as I've talked about it with you guys, I, I really feel like I, I am going to elevate this to four because of, again, the magma- the magnetism of Jackie Chan. He just puts you in such a good spot, and um, you know, I'm one of those people that is going to be drifted by how much I just enjoy the movie. There's there's construction issues, there's direction issues that I I would normally would say have the chance to pull this down like towards the three zone, but the the job the job done by Anita Moy and Jackie Chan and just really the, the the other range of support characters is good enough that that the fact that I said I want to own this movie, I want to watch this again, I want to show this to my wife, I want to show this to my friends who like this kind of stuff. And when I started saying that, like I said, you've entered the realm four at that point. So like it it passes the like how I'm responding to it is what's giving it a four. And I'm just acknowledging that as a fan I'm choosing to overlook those problems and just saying like I like it. There's a lot of fun here. And you guys have raised my question. I'm I'm surprised in the low voter on this one because I I said I think I'm going to probably be in the middle on this one. But I, I... Think that you guys got a hold of a better version than me. I was made for a good conversation, but it now makes me curious to see if I got the better one. Would I join you guys on the 4.5 plateau? Maybe. Maybe. And I, 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 I will see you guys. I
1: believe out. so, but I don't know.
0: I, you got to shell up some serious dollars to own this one. So uh, <laughs> we'll find out someday. But um, yeah. Uh, so next time, do you want to help me pick a movie for next time? Dustin. Let's do it. All right. Option one. Moonstruck from 1987. Oh, by the way, this is Oscar season that, that we're coming up into. So all of these movies were nominated for Oscars. So uh, option number one, Moonstruck from 1987. Loretta Castor- Castorini, a bookkeeper from Brooklyn, New York, finds herself in a difficult situation when she falls for her brother, the man she has agreed to marry. Option two, Boys in the Hood from 1991. Follow the lives of three young males living in the Crenshaw ghetto in Los Angeles, dissecting questions of race, relationships, violence, and future prospects. And option three, broadcast news from 1987. Take two rival television reporters, one handsome, one talented, both male, and add one producer female, mix well, and watch the sparks fly.
1: Uh, we're going with the year of my birth, 87, broadcast news.
0: All right. Chad. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Justin, thank you. And thank you all the lords, ladies and knights, the Retro Movie Roundtable. We invite you to reach out to us, subscribe, rate, and review to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us some good reviews out there. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at, at movie underscore Retro. Email us at retromovieroundtable at yahoo.com. And providing and producing this fun podcast is fun, but not free. So we invite you to support the show at our Patreon page at www.patreon.com. Forward slash retro movie roundtable. Any contribution is much appreciated and will go towards making the show better for you, the listeners. As always, thank you for listening. Be good to each other and watch more movies, Chad.
2: For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday.
0: This movie stars Jackie Chan, Anita Meow. Yeah. Meow. <laughs> 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 <Now>. Awesome, dude. <laughs> T Lung and Felix Wong.
2: How about we just skip that section?
1: Maybe sure, so. Yeah. Maybe it was best to leave <laughs> sure. it out. Oh, I'm 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 saving this and uploading it to cloud so we can listen to it later. Yeah, Russell yeah. can't even Maybe. pronounce vaguely
2: yeah. foreign name. <laughs> H- hector <laughs> Ella's <laughs> <Anita> Sandra.
0: <laughs> yep. You know what? Jackie Chan has outtakes in the end. You can just throw this one at the very end after Chad's yeah. quote.